Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betspurts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. <laughs> Or bonus content. It is heavy, heavy bonus content. Wow. And Who do we have today? Live on live on YouTube only with some boxing content. This will be out as a podcast. We'll mention that too. We'll get this up on a podcast stream. But yes, of Twitter. I don't know if I want to say Twitter fame because he's more infamous in the golf chat. He's more infamous yeah, definitely so. in the rat slack. Like yeah. the rat slack is like his 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 dwell, you know, his his lair. Yeah. But also, you know, also heavy on Twitter. I see you plenty over there on Twitter and a big pugilistic, um, pugilistic. pugilistic is a hell of a word. Pugilistic, better gambler, handicapper, knower of information. Honestly, it's like we need, you know, we've done a few MMA ones and it's like, Christ, you guys just got to watch a lot of tape, don't you? <laughs> like there's, there's not, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to scrape a bunch of MMA stats and run some <laughs> algorithms. Like it is, it is a lot of uh, energy. So welcome at Bronner P4P, which is just pound for pound, I think. The pound, pound for pound, for pound Twitter, right. Twitter champion. I don't know a lot of guys that do boxing heavy. You know, you see some guys that dabble, but it's like you and you and Golnick, and those are like my go-tos, and that's it. Yeah, so there's a, it's a pretty small crew. We're all more or less pretty friendly with each other. I would say there's like maybe 10 people on Twitter who like post stuff or bet probably decent sums every week and our regulars it's definitely like less of a bro fest than mma um we're <laughs> kind of a, a you know fest. we're kind i mean you know it's a niche sport i don't know if you guys have been paying attention the last century but uh boxing has kind of fallen from ascendancy <laughs> used to kind of be a big thing and now it's football i guess and basketball but i mean people get still people still get fired up on big weeks like this and like i was just saying like i you know the, there's a lot of fights this weekend, so I'm I'm doing a lot anyway. But the the DMs and the questions from civilians definitely pick up on uh on weeks ca like ca us casuals, us casuals. I like, yeah, yeah, I like we it. drop yeah. in, for it. we parachute in. Yeah, yeah. Civilians, civilians feels better Since than casuals, and it honestly, does, it yeah. is. And it, it it is a fun weekend just because we actually have a good primetime Thursday game. We've got right. playoff baseball the next you know forever going on now half, <laughs> yeah right now while we're while we're talking about that we have actually some halfway decent friday college games mm -hmm. you got a big slate of football obviously both days and then a big fight night on saturday night it is kind of a kind of a solid october weekend for sports yeah and uh when we when we did a mic check and I, I guess this isn't really the question i wanted to start with but i'm gonna have to because we did a mic check yesterday and he did the worst Oh. Spanky, spanky impression oh. <laughs> you talked way too fast so i was gonna be how was life growing up bro <laughs> that was mine that was mine and i love i love i listen to a lot of his episodes i love spanky but yeah. um that's not really what i asked i want to ask you know how did you end up specializing in you know boxing as far as handicapping and you know wagering sure so i actually got started um I was just telegramming with someone today. I think it was about 10 years ago. I'm in my early 40s. So this is my early 30s. I started looking at soccer props, actually. 
and these are long gone, but it was at sportsbook.ag. Sure. And they were so they were so bad that I was previously like daunted by sports betting like completely. I figured like Vegas knows you will lose no matter what. And then I looked at these and then I can kind of compare it to like what was going on in Europe, which I assumed was like correct. And they're like way off. It was like, I mean, remember there was, I remember there were some that were like, they were minus 150 anytime goal scorer in Europe. And then that guy would be plus 150 here. So easy way to get started doing that. And then I kind of branched out into, um, did some baseball. I did uh, a lot of basketball, a lot of NBA. I still probably do NBA the most on the side. Um, I do kind of mostly some, some game props and some player prop stuff still. Um, I did strikeouts for a while back when it was really, really good. Now it's like, okay. But like back when I had one summer where I had um, um, <clears throat> a friend with a Bovada account that I was borrowing. And I think like for, I got two months in on it where like, I just didn't get cut somehow. Like they were just out of the office and I was just crushing those. So I kind of developed, I think a, like an understanding and background of kind of sports betting as a whole. And then I'd always kind of been a casual boxing fan for most of my life. Like I was a, you know, Tyson guy as a kid, I was a Tyson kid. We all, we all were. I mean, that was like, I mean, for, for youngins, I don't think like you can really appreciate like that. He was like a real like crossover crossover star like oh yeah super he knocked spink when he knocked spinks out i remember like everyone in my neighborhood like out front of our houses after that like talking about it and stuff cool and uh so i was always kind of a casual growing up i would catch a fight here and there every couple months i'd watch de la hoya or mayweather and then i think i really got into i started betting i think maybe unboxing six years ago kind of around the time of Mayweather Pacquiao. In fact, I remember I, I did really well in Mayweather in that fight and then kind of just learned more about, um, you know, started learning about watching tape and doing kind of analysis that way. Um, you know, like a lot of the sports you guys talk about, you know, everyone's modeling those now. And I think boxing is kind of on its own island and maybe I think MMA too. Yeah. Where like if you're going to do, if you're going to be like doing really well, then you need to be watching tape. I think um, you know you can do some things off memory. I made a bet yesterday um, that was just kind of I know this guy's here, I know this guy's here. I just kind of had the number in my head and off I went. And it was kind of the thing where I had to snap it up pretty quick. But most of the time I'm, uh, I'm watching tape. I'm going back through old fights. I'm, um, kind of looking for tendencies, kind of looking for how I think a fight's going to play out. Who's getting old, who's getting better. Um, definitely over COVID, there were a couple of guys that just came back and were much, much different. I'll throw out a name. Connor Ben is a, is a guy from the UK who, um, there's a famous dad who was a boxer and then his first fight back, it, I bet against him. And like the first couple rounds, I was like, Oh no, uh, that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
So, I mean, it's, it's tricky because like, if you think about handicapping football, you get a game every week, right? So, and you have the closing lines from last week, but in boxing, you have a guy who's been off for four months, a guy who's been off for eight months, a guy who's been off for a year and a half. So like, how are the Steelers going to do this weekend? If you can only base it on how they played or think about just Ben Roethlisberger. How is Ben Roethlisberger going to play this week based on one game he had a year and a half ago? So there's kind of an art to it. Yeah. Um, it's it, yeah, but not, it's not too dissimilar from horses. It almost like, you know, when we talk to some yeah. horse handicappers, it's like, man, sometimes it's like, I really want to pull a trigger, but it, then you look and be like the, the break that this horse had compared mm-hmm. to how long this horse has been off. And, you know, the same with MMA. And obviously it's, it's, I didn't even think of this pre when I was putting together some questions and ideas, but in, I suppose no sport was untouched by COVID. Like the, you yeah. had guys that, I mean, we saw a lot of that with the NBA stuff when they came back into the bubble, it's like, mm-hmm. Oh God, this guy wasn't working out. <laughs> like yeah. this guy is like, you know, you some guys were keeping after it at the home gyms and staying on top of it. And mm-hmm. some yeah. guys were not so outside yeah. of outside of like a big fight night like this can you kind of describe what the boxing handicapper calendar is like is it is this 52 weeks a year kind of like because you know tennis goes on year yeah. round and if you yeah. like lose if you lose track of it for a little while you can absolutely get rocked when you <laughs> walk right. back in and start betting it right and yeah uh, is that the same sort of thing with boxing you basically got to pay attention 365 there are some weeks where it's light and like if you want to take a week off you're not going to like fall behind because it's just a new set of guys every week and you don't see the same guys you know a guy will fight and there'll be a couple more months you know fight so it's not like a disadvantage if you're just going to be like all right i got too much stuff going on my day job is a lot. My family's a lot. So I'm just going to skip this week. It's not a big deal. Um, but it is, and there are weeks where it's just kind of dead, like around Christmas, it like things really slow down because nobody wants to be training, um, over the holidays. So like December, January, it kind of slows down a little bit. Um, but otherwise, you know, there's, I mean, there's a lot on the card, um, this weekend this is a big one there's a there's a couple pretty good cards in england there's a the undercard for wilder fury is pretty substantial so there's no shortage of of fights to break down i think there's on pro boxing odds i think there's 20 to 25 that have odds listed for so um you know i've kind of had my my wilder fury thing holstered for a bit but i'm definitely doing a lot of work this week on um a lot of the undercard stuff um, and boxing is, you know, it's usually for the big fights, they'll post odds um, for big ones. There, it'll be, there'll be months in advance. There'll be a few months in advance. So you can kind of get out ahead of when everyone piles in the week of, which is what they are doing now. Um, sure. But a lot of it, they'll open Tuesday. Bet 365 is the normal opener. Sometimes Patty power. Um, but England is really kind of the hub of boxing betting. It's not Las Vegas. I mean, Las Vegas, you can probably get down a ton for fights like this, but usually the the menu there is pretty bare for like the mid or lower level stuff. They love the mid level, the mid level stuff, but, um, 
it's, you know, it's similar to tennis and some other things. You, yeah. you can't, you can't just walk into the nugget or yeah. some of these, maybe will hell a little better, but there's a ton of books where you, oh, you ask them for yeah. tennis. They're going to print you the futures odds for the <laughs> very next men's uh, slam. slam like, yeah, oh, we, yeah. Have, yeah. we have the, we have the French open. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, also, you got to run out of the White Sox. We are one away from getting okay. our seven and a half here. So somebody nice. said seven and a half, seven and a half rounds. Someone in the, and somebody said they were pretty excited about the Squid Games. They said I didn't know what Squid. I watched some Squid Games today at lunch, <laughs> which is not really when you should watch Squid Games while you're eating. Right. But, um, <laughs> so that is uh, again a haunting photo. You've not blinked yet. And I, I, I guess a question you, you talked about already a little bit as far as like where boxing went. Like what happened to boxing? Because yeah. I remember like watching it uh, Friday nights with my dad just randomly. Yeah. Like yeah. Oh, there's you know there's nothing on. I'm too young to be going partying with my friends yet. Like yeah. You know nine ten year old Andy just watching like on like Fox or wherever mm-hmm. it be. I feel like there's always fright fights on. And is that a big part of it? Just the lack of coverage it gets from some of the, you know, maybe some of the deals they made with some of these stations or the fact that it's, it's like all pay-per-view now, anything that's decent. So yeah. I don't know if you had opinions on that. Yeah. I mean, I think this, I mean, as we've seen, I think, you know, there've been a lot of the celebrity fights and like the Jake Paul stuff. And I mean, I don't mind some of that stuff. I mean, that's kind of really in line with the tradition of boxing is that it's always kind of a circus. Sure. Um, You can Google a picture from like a PT Barnum, like some fight he staged where it was like a guy who was like 6'4", 110 pounds and a guy that was like three foot six, 300 pounds. It was like the tall guy versus the fat guy. It's hilarious. But I mean, that's kind of part of it. But that stuff's like, I mean, it's compelling. There's like, there's going to be a whole generation of people whose Mike Tyson is going to be Jake Paul as frightening as that sounds coming out of my mouth. Like it's definitely going to hook (laughs) in people to the sport. And it is kind of like, I mean, the mainstream boxing does have some issues. I mean, I remember there was one, one of the nights that there was a Jake Paul fight on, there was another card on Fox, which is PBC. And it was just dreck. It was like a guy who's kind of washed up and kind of given him an easy opponent to come back. And it was just kind of like joyless, you know? And where's the Jake Paul thing? I mean, he's always talking shit on Twitter. He's, you know, he's really like kind of a natural showman. And so I think that kind of like, I think boxing incorporated like the industry itself would do well to like kind of look at what works in that and kind of try to do some of those things when they can. I mean, there's some fighters who are just, you know, they're prodigies. They've been in the gym their whole lives. They aren't, it's not terribly interesting to hear them speak. Um, And then there's some guys who, who are hilarious and say ridiculous stuff. Um, they just made the Gervonta Davis Rolando Romero fight for December fifth, and Rolando is a—he's a clown. He's like just such a fucking goofball, and so like that's going to be entertaining for however long the fight lasts. But the the buildup is going to be funny because they'll they'll talk shit to each other, and they'll go back and forth. And you see a lot of that on on social media now. But I mean. Overall, yeah, I think the sport has, I mean, it, sh- it shoots itself in the foot so much and big fights don't happen for political reasons because 
top rank needs to have their good fighters on ESPN and the PBC needs to have their good fighters on Fox and Showtime. So it's really hard to like make those big deals that everyone wants to see. And, you know, a lot of fingers get pointed and things never happen and people get injured and so on and so forth. I mean, it's really like being a boxing fan and really being into it. You are kind of a drug addict. You're chasing the high of, you know, when it's really good, it's really good. And it is the, it, it, when it's good, it is the best sport there is. I firmly believe that. But a lot of the, a lot of the time you're just like, fucking hell, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing with my life? I'm watching these fights between just yeah. No, I oh, yeah. You're, you're, the Jake Paul thing made me think of something inter- interesting. What if, you know, what if we had somebody like Tyson in the age of Twitter? That would have oh, been the, the best. Yeah. Like, maybe that's something people don't realize. Like, obviously, I mean, Tyson. Tyson Fury is freak, is pretty close. I mean, yeah, yeah. obviously, Tyson. there's a, there's a lot of diffusion, so it's not as yeah. concentrated. But uh, right. You know, but I mean, a, yeah. He's, the, I mean, just the, the, the speed, the power, the skill he had. Like, obviously, everyone's watched like those highlight knockouts when he was like like a teenager, really. Yeah. But like, he said some shit too that was fun. Like he was. Yeah. Gonna, like yeah, he was gonna eat the guy's kids or whatever. Yeah. And, like he said some fucked up stuff and he was a character. And I think he was gonna, again, like the Jake Paul stuff, I I hated it at first. Like both the Pauls. I mean, this is dumb. But then mm-hmm. like I kind of realized like, God, these guys are actually kind of trying to be okay boxers. Like they're training. They're not yeah. just total shit heel showmen, but they're doing like they're probably doing the industry a little bit of a service to get some casuals and younger people watching something like this so maybe i, I kind of softened my stance on the pauls even though they're both doofuses anyway no they are <laughs> anyone that says boxing is dying that's overstating it immensely it will always yeah. be there there will always be a who would win in a fight between this guy and that guy? Exactly. It will always happen. And MMA exactly. obviously is is stealing a little bit of the spotlight of that. But mm-hmm. uh, boxing is so much more complex and it's just more artful, honestly. And yeah. uh, I think it will always ha- have a place kind of at the top of the fighting sports, if, even if, you know, that it doesn't have the glory that it once had as, you know, the nation's most you know, cared about sport. Um, right. Before we get too much into some process stuff, I owe you a debt of gratitude. Uh, give you a little dap here. Um, back when uh, the Olympics were going on, my my connection to boxing usually revolves around the Olympics beyond just yeah. the big the big fights. I'm sure that's fun for you, you know, someone who's really into it because it's a lot. It's like a fire hose as opposed to you have to wait for yeah. it on the weekends, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, we had a huge uh, Japan under position, 27 and a half gold medals. <laughs> uh, we were about a week and a half into it and it was not looking good <laughs> we had a whole hell of a bunch of surprise you know surprise uh, gold medals went in the favor of japan um and then uh yeah the women's 57 kilogram final rolls around and believe it or not uh, sure enough a japanese woman makes the final she was a plus 300 underdog and I dropped a note. Hey, man, uh, does this chick have a chance? Because if she does, we're screwed. And uh, you took one look. You're like, oh, yeah, she's live. And uh, sure enough, uh, she uh, worked, absolutely worked, Nesty Peticio. Um, yeah. When you get asked a question like that, there's no way you off the top of your head you were like, oh, yeah, yeah, Senna Irie. Oh, no, no, I've seen some of her yeah. work. She's, she's an art. You, know, you probably have to like go and actually kind of track down a little bit of um, – well, first of all, thank you for the tip because we ended yeah, up hitting the middle on that. She won gold, yeah. and then ultimately <laughs> Japan did slide under, so it was a perfect, perfect uh, con- 
Yeah, we th- we thought we were just taking away some of the pain with that. And ended up finding <laughs> ended up the middle. In the middle. Um, but like, yeah, when when you have something you know somewhat uh, unusual come across, and you're like, ah, oh, man, I'm, I need to handicap this. Like, what is what are your some of your go to resources without giving away all the goods? Okay, so um, when odds come out, obviously I'll look and just see if there's anything that catches my eye. Um, I've kind of I've, I would say I'm, I've moved up to like mid stakes in terms of what I'm betting now. Um, I'm not a professional by any means. I'm, I have a day job and just do this kind of as my main hobby, I guess. But so I'm, I'm definitely kind of waiting for the market to mature. And like I said, it, it usually originates in the UK and then trickles over to the legals and then the offshores and then kind of into the credit books, but credit books usually aren't that great. Um, but anyway, um, uh, so let's see, I look at the odd screen. I'll just, you know, I'll, sometimes I just pick a fight and something I kind of know something that looks off. Um, I'm in a DM group with some guys who are really sharp and if they'll mention something, uh, I'll kind of move that to the top of my list and I won't bet anything um, just kind of based on what they say. I'll kind of do my own eyeballs on it. But, um, you know, we usually kind of give each other good leads on stuff to kind of prioritize. Um, and yeah, just kind of work through it. I don't think I ever like get through every fight and I definitely won't get through every fight in this week, maybe on a slow week, but you're always just kind of, um, odds come out Tuesday, you take a look, you wait a couple days till it hits some other places. Um, you get down, you ask friends who are in legal jurisdictions, unlike myself, I'm in California, so obviously we don't have legal. Um, you hit your offshores, and uh, it's interesting. The market um, is... I mean, closing line value definitely is a signal, but I would not say it's as strong as in other sport, in other bigger sports, I think with less liquidity uh, for kind of the normal slate, um, there'll be, the market will just go the absolute wrong way. Um, And I think we saw that it was a bigger fight, but with Spence Pacquiao, which we were initially going to talk about, when that was going to happen, like that number opened up pretty good. It was like minus four fifty Spence plus three fifty Pacquiao, and man, that that thing just just looked in the, the. It was right, and then it was like real wrong. And I think it was like minus two hundred Spence, which I think was a really good play yeah. um, when Spence had to pull out. Um, it's a funny story. I, oh, sorry. <laughs> it's a funny story. No, I, I used to, I, that's what I bet it into, and I was just yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I definitely got some negative CLV there. I was like two fifty, two twenty. Great. This is. I'm just going to keep mean, betting this, this as it goes against me. <laughs> I make this an eighty twenty fight. I mean, this is pretty good, and then it's like two hundred, and I'm like, I guess wow. I'll add some more. But it's funny. I remember um, I worked with a guy who was. Filipino and also booked on the side to Filipino clientele mostly about like 10 years ago. And he hated Pacquiao because his guys would just pound him no matter what. Yeah. And it was like when he was the height of his powers and he was just, just destroying everyone and he would get creamed like two or three times a year. But I mean, there's definitely sentimental, like 
irrational um, forces in the market. I don't really think there's a lot of that for this fight, but like obviously May Mayweather McGregor, I mean, the guys who are running the books were like open. They're like, yeah, this should be like, Mayweather should be minus 5,000. They were like literally saying that in, in interviews and he was, you know, minus 400, minus 450 because there was the whole MMA aspect. And so it is one of those things where you can see kind of irrational, I guess, market movement, which is, you know, good for anyone who's sharp or anyone who knows someone who's sharp. I do guess. you try to predict that at all as you're trying your own handicap? Because honestly, like if there, sometimes I like a no, I know I like a, what will be pre market cold side in an NFL yeah. game. And it's best for me just to wait to fire. Off yeah. Because <laughs> I know that like, well, no, this is the right side. But if I bet it now, I'm going to get a worse number than if I wait until we get a couple of injury reports and people really, you know, start to give me a free points on this. Like, can you predict at all what, you know, when there will be an ir irrational market in boxing or uh, is it just no. takes years and years of <laughs> no, a little, and I mean, of luck, a little bit of luck sometimes? <laughs> yeah. I, if I see it and I can get enough down, I'll, I'll just, just hit it. Um, with, you know, with Mayweather stuff, I mean, and, and that fight's interesting. I actually, I was kind of digging through it. Um, and the, the, the sharp books, like a couple days away, like really shut the door on the Mayweather betters. They're like, all right, we're, we're no more of this. You're not getting minus 400. We're hanging minus 600. You go hit, get your free money somewhere else. We're not interested. So it's, um, yeah, I, if I see it, I'll just grab it. And, uh, it's, it's hard to know where, where it's going to go. I mean, there's one this week. I bet Ryland Charlton minus 160. I think you can get him for a little better than that. Now I, I'm completely flummoxed why his opponent caught a lot of money. It was mostly in the U S the U S market. And the European market can kind of do different things sometimes. They'll kind of split from each other. But he caught a bunch in the U.S. the last couple of days, and then it's kind of bounced back today. But I'm just I, I don't know. I I think he's good minus one sixty, even minus one seventy. And, and the closing line value on this too. And these are this is probably not a great comparison because the the skill level between some of these boxers is just and also just the fact that some people don't have the power to do this yeah but like uh, somebody somebody was complaining about it one time in betting nascar and i said well you know you could get two dollars in clv and your guy can get spun out into a wall and it doesn't matter yeah. like yeah. In, in baseball there's no oh man the whole team they just like they hit the ball and it ricocheted off the whole team's head and now they're out mm -hmm. like they're gone or you know football there's not like a 70 point play that just oh the game's over like right. in, in you know in nascar i said that buddy i'm like you are betting you know there's there's a tail risk on every bet you make that your guy crashes yeah. but you yeah. also on the other hand you have well if you're doing head up head to heads the other guy could crash too but in mm -hmm. you know in boxing too that's the thing you can get some nasty clv and you know, just one guy catches a punch the wrong way, well, doesn't doesn't get up on the nine and a half count. Let me ask you a theory I have I have about fighting markets in general, and tell me if this holds any sure. water or if this is nonsense. I assume that boxers, fighter, MMA fighters that are in like the minus four hundred range, that the mm -hmm. public player walks to the window and is like, "Oh, that's hundred percent. I'll parlay that." 
with whoever else is in that range. And so they know like the, the, the odds makers, bookmakers, whatever, they know, um, oh, we don't actually have to adjust this guy to a fair price mm -hmm. at all. We're just going to write donkey parlays all day long on this stuff. Yeah. And we'll just, we won't really shape this market fairly at all because we're fine. It's a free leg. It's a free leg. And, and then the flip side is if you have like these kind of kind of near 50 50s, there's like a plus uh -huh. 130 plus 120. And somebody's like, ooh, like, mm, like this is a coin flip. I get a little extra money. You know, like I feel like there's a dog bias when it's in that range on the single plays. Uh, and yeah. that may influence the market. We not giving you necessarily single. I'm not saying that's what's going on with the uh, Charlton Willis fight, but I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if U.S. players are, you know, looking at the, you know, looking at the fight and like, oh no, no, this is a coin flip. I'll take the the plus one twenty, <laughs> plus one thirty, whatever. Um, and that might, you know, that could move the market. So, I, I, is that reasonable in terms of like the way people are handy betting and handicapping this? Because I, I don't, I agreed with your kind of opening statement that the handicapping part of this is very qualitative. Mm -hmm. There's not, not, there's not like a, uh, yeah. you know, a machine learning algorithm that you're no. coming up with yep. a fair on this stuff. You have to have some qualitative process. And I think there's probably a lot of casual betters who their qualitative processes, uh, well, that's close to hundred percent. I'm going to assume it's hundred percent. That's close to 50, 50. I'll take the plus money. Yeah, there are, I think so specifically with Charlton and Willis, I, I mean, that fight is such like, I mean, one guy has 12 fights, one has seven that's pretty not, it's pretty, un, both guys are pretty unknown. I don't think in that case, I think someone just legitimately likes Willis, someone or someone's. Um, I think with that is happening, I just saw something with the guy from Circa who said, people are just pounding Wilder at two four, plus 240, and then they're putting Fury into parlays at minus 300. Um, so that's definitely like that, bias towards the underdog, especially because there are a lot of people who don't bite, bet fights regularly, but will when there's a big one. Um, I think Dave Mason from Bet Online <laughs> said that they had one of their biggest betting liabilities on uh, Avni Yildrim fighting Canelo. Um, it, he was like plus 1,200. So like the implied probability is like 8%. And that's about 7% too high. Like if you bet on Yildrim, you should not just, you, uh, you're not. Like, like Canelo could have else. had a hard Did he day. land a punch? He did not land many punches. I had under four and a half. I think it, it got there in end of three, end of four, I think. Mm, nice. But it was just a wipeout. And I'm like, that, I, I didn't even, that was not a hard call to make. I don't think. Um, Canelo does have another fight coming up against Caleb Plant. This is to unify. Oh, we saw um, we saw the weigh-ins or whatever. Yeah. Oh, with, yeah. With the, the punch it got real. Yeah. Well, he he like and that's my God. He has like matrix speed there. Even he at is, the, yeah, that was PR. that was really impressive. And he was wearing like some kind of like low heel. I think I don't really know much about shoes, but he was not in like <laughs> any sort of athletic wear. And it was beautiful that he he kind of countered that. And then Plant posted that he did kind of like touch him a little bit, but I mean, yeah. that's, I don't think I'm doing anything with that fight, but that's, I mean, that's boxing for you is like guys throw punches at each other and then you just kind of shrug and like, that's it. I mean, mm -hmm. if that happened in any other sport, if that happened in tennis, it would be like, you know, an international incident. If it happened, you know, before a football game, people would freak out, you know, it's, but that's just kind of, 
the circus that mm. that it is. You just accept it. Okay. So the old yeah, that's, adage. That's uh, the most fun is like the 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 weigh in slash little yeah. you know press conference things they have. You, and you I don't like generally they... wait for the weigh in, right? Or do you? Um, ninety eight percent of the time, no. Uh, when I was on Andy Ruiz the second time he fought Anthony Joshua. And when they got to the scales, I was running to my computer because he was, <laughs> I was not. He ate his way out of that out of shape I rematch. Yeah, and AJ just kind of. I mean, in that fight, he handled him pretty easily just by moving. But he just moved <laughs> and hit him occasionally. Um, yeah. There will be the first fight. That was one of the first matches or first. I don't watch a ton of boxing. That's not like yeah. really big ones. And I remember yeah. that one. Like some people had posted about it, and it was, I feel like it was summer or early fall because we were definitely outside having like a bonfire. And my wife's like, What are you doing? Because I was just like, I'm I'm watching, I'm watching this overweight Mexican guy just work somebody. I'm like, Yeah, I remember I flipped it on, and nine times out of 10, I would have just watched a couple rounds and, you know, like gone on. But like, like he's kind of working him. He doesn't look like he should be able to be doing physical activity this long and i mean yeah. it was a fun fight i'm yeah. gonna brag a little bit i had ruiz by ko at 20 to 1 oh, for that fight. oh nice fun. man not an really anthony fun. joshua guy all right interesting. <laughs> interesting i actually um what did i do with, oh with the last fight oh with him this last fight where he lost i had the over nine and a half so got there but yeah the, the one where ruiz beat him ruiz is actually like and again this is i mean it's a it's a case where Odds makers kind of wrote him off. And I think the public kind of wrote him off. He made that fight by sending an Instagram DM to Eddie Hearn, who manages um, AJ. AJ's original opponent fell out because he popped dirty for drugs. And Ruiz literally DM'd him. And it's like, hey, I'll, I'll jump in. Ruiz fought six weeks before that, actually. I think a lot of people forget that, too. And so he took the quick turnaround um and got it done but he i mean when he's in shape and motivated he is he is very good and very dangerous and that's kind it was, of it was an early knockdown like he had an early that's what drew me in like yeah when i was watching yeah. him he had like a, a it was it was a surprise yeah, yeah but yeah there, yeah there was an early knockdown yeah. in like the first couple rounds and I'm like oh shit like this like, is a oh, thing is, like because oh, yeah. i that's i think that's what drew me in i said well is the guy who was like a massive favorite just going to be mad and beat the piss out of this guy now? And it just the under like, it just hit on never that, happened. Right? The shoe never dropped. I think the under hit on that, or I know I remember this now. This was like June 2019. I think so. Uh, yes. And we were definitely, I was going in heavy on Joshua, but couldn't find a good price. And I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll just play the under. He's going to knock this yeah. guy out in like six rounds. Yeah. When you, yeah. When you're dead wrong. And it went the exact also, yeah. Other way. And that, that's um, how shitty I was and still am at, yeah. at understanding boxing stuff. Like I had the, again, like, uh, enough people talk to me into just like maxing out some bad uh, Mayweather prices. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple years back when it was like minus 450 online at a few places. But also I'm like, I got cute with it and I played under nine and a half. Mm-hmm. And I just I didn't understand boxing. I'm like, oh <laughs> shit. Like I, I just assumed that ticket lost. 
and then it cashed. I'm like, oh, they screwed up. They'll take that away from me. And then somebody's somebody was talking about it. And I'm like, oh, you can have half rounds and stuff. They're like, yeah, that won by like six seconds, Andy. Like, oh, <laughs> like, fuck. yeah, no, like, I knew that. Like, <laughs> I like I legitimately saw it in my account as a winner, and I just assumed like they mis they misgraded that. Right. Maybe tomorrow, tomorrow yeah. that money will be gone. Oh, I was so, the yeah. opposite. The first time I bet totals in MMA, and I lost one that I had an over and I was like, they started the third round. This start- is fucking yeah. bullshit. <laughs> I was just so pissed. I was like, I'm getting screwed by these guys. I did. Uh, I did no, make one more bet in that one. And it was the, it was the McGregor, like how many punches he would land with the copybacks <laughs> numbers. under. Yeah. I mean, he, he got crushed. That got crushed. He, it was yeah. something like 30. He had like a hundred and some. It was it was not even close. I'm like, oh, that was a bad bet. That he's he's actually boxing okay. Just like that's what Mayweather does. He's just gonna sit there, take a bunch of you know glancing blows for fucking ever. Well, let's, yeah. let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about this fight because this let's is bring up one. the big one. Uh, you know, okay. I asked you off air, but I'll ask you again. Uh, just general uh, scale of excitement about a fight like this. I mean, this is obviously the third in a trilogy. People love a mm-hmm. trilogy. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of information we already have about these two guys, how they match right. up with each other. The market should be too sharp to really bet into at this point and find a winner. But I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> what is that? Uh, what is your level of excitement? My level of excitement, I th- I would say eight and a half. Um, there's kind of this, like, th- they were trying to make Fury AJ, which would be for all the belts. And now Usyk's beat AJ, so they have to rematch. And, I mean, if, if there's the unification between any combination for all four belts, that's, a, that's an easy 10 out of 10 for me. Of course, yeah. But, unification um, just sounds so cool, by the way. Yeah, it does. Like, it- the fucking um the the like the power ranger things all put together when voltron yes. all comes together the unification is badass when a couple guys have each have some of the belts and then it's for all the cookies and it's not yeah, just unification, it's unification of the heavyweight championship of the world. right and yeah. the linear the linear heavyweight championship yeah. which i yeah. didn't understand till like last year either that's it's like, like the- that's yeah, it's it's the weirdest thing. It's like the thing that you remember the snake belt or whatever in college football. <laughs> like it's the it's the team down. that lost to the team that lost to the team right. that lost the that lost the Rutgers Princeton game in like eighteen sixty nine. Yeah, and the, it's that team can have it forever. The the linear title is something wild like that too. I I enjoy how they they respect the history of it like that. Yeah, and everyone has their own like rules around the lineal title. I like. I honestly, it's actually less about the belts and more about the, like just seeing the two best guys to fight, I think, but you know, Fury and Wilder specifically this fight. So they're both really interesting fighters. I mean, Wilder is obviously dependent on just lasering guys with a straight right hand. He gets kind of knocked for having poor fundamentals and, Sometimes he like windmills his punches when he has someone hurt and, you know, he, he, you know, he has issues and he's, he's kind of until the last few years has kind of taken a pretty soft path, but um, it's always compelling when he fights. I mean, he's been down on the cards, you know, the second fight against Ortiz, he was down like six, nothing. And then just beamed him and it was over like one punch and it was gone. And Fury is, I mean, 
also a pretty interesting guy. He's a 6'9 heavyweight who's like super defense-minded and is really good at kind of drawing punches that, you know, he uses his hands and his head and he kind of looks like he's autistic in the ring, but I think there's really a method to his madness where he's really trying to draw punches towards his head, which he can dodge and either counter or just kind of get out of the way. Um, so, I mean, the the kind of the, the read on Fury Wilder the first time around was like, okay, either Wilder's going to knock him out or Fury's going to outpoint him by decision. And Fury almost knocked him out and, or Wilder, excuse me, almost knocked him out. And then Fury um, almost won by decision. I had him by two points. It was obviously a draw. I think that was a little off, but... People, so the, people did okay, not care for that draw that. in general. I, I, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Well, the betting public, every, the whatever side you public, bet, nobody. you were upset about that draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you didn't win. Well, <laughs> Can you imagine actually, everybody, everybody bets the game tonight. And nobody won. Like everyone would be mad. Well, I mean, guys, you can bet the draw. And who this did bet fair. the draw? I, okay, I'm not gonna brag. I'm not gonna brag. I'm not you gonna brag. Draw? Oh man, I had draw. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, the just uh, for context though, going into that fight, the closing odds were something like. Wilder minus 160, Fury plus 130. Uh, yeah. And I, from what I remember, at least the sharp side was Fury. I remember yes. people just didn't, they didn't buy Wilder. And honestly, I've always felt like the sharp, you know, the, mm -hmm. the old school sharp side when it comes to boxing is going against the guy who's got the one, you know, the, the, he just needs one shot. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, like, like, sure. like, because that draws money. People are like, well, he just needs one shot. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll you know, like, I feel yeah. like, like, people, like, the old school sharp move is to fade the narrative of the guy just needs one shot. And, uh, and I feel, I felt like Fury was the right side in that first one. You think, uh, draw was a little, uh, was a little unfair. It should have been, uh, probably. Split, I, split yeah, I scored it for Fury. Fury. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not really, I think I said this off air. I'm not like really emotionally invested in this one either way. Um, but I think Fury won. But I mean, at the same time, it feels like kind of a fair result because Fury was like unconscious for four or five seconds, it seemed, and barely beat the count. So it's like, all right, Fury won most of the rounds, but he almost, apparently perished in the ring so like a draw is kind of fair <laughs> um how close and this, that, again like what drew brought up too like the second fight i watched more of that i don't remember the first fight all that well i know i yeah. watched it because of the draw but the second fight like and we bitch about announcers all the time especially in you know football when it when it comes to some of these primetime announcers but Man, that the announcers couldn't say that enough to the point where it was it was very annoying. Like, oh, just mm -hmm. you know, like Fury's looking good, but you never know. He's got there's yeah. that one punch. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you've mentioned that every single yeah. round. Yeah. Because if the casual you if have the casual knows that, you know who else knows that? Fury knows that. Like yeah. that's the that's the <laughs> yeah, I feel like he did know that. I feel like he did know that. And honestly, that just again for for reference, that one closed uh Wilder was minus one twenty five, Fury was plus one oh five, so it moved yeah. in. In a little bit closer, but Fury uh, Fury was still the dog. Um, right, and uh, man, the run up to that fight, the the preamble, Fury was just oozing confidence. That yes. was it was a sight to see, and um, I, I think I had Wilder in that one, and I remember watching the preamble and being like, "Oh, uh, he's gonna lose!" <laughs> like this yeah, other guy. Yeah, uh, so I had I had a very small bet, I think, on like Wilder 
one to three, which obviously didn't hit uh, for that one, just for full disclosure, because I just bragged about the draw on the first <laughs> one. But um, so the second fight, I think what happened in there kind of sets up what I'm doing for the third one. And I don't like, I haven't heard a lot of people talking about this. And Drew, you just mentioned the odds. I think for the first one, Fury by KO was like seven to one. And I think it was similar for the second one. I mean, pretty long odds. And again, Fury, like he doesn't, um, he's not in there to like try to take your head off if you're a dangerous opponent. He fought Klitschko back in the day to win the title initially. Um, and it's the most boring 12 rounds you've <laughs> ever seen, but it's also kind of masterful and how Fury okay. just kind of like twitched his way to a win and did just enough to win just enough rounds. Um, I think what when Fury in the ring, like everything he does is really kind of based around protecting, protecting himself and everything Wilder does is kind of based on just knocking the face off his opponent. Where this sets up, I think, is that Fury by KO is minus 110, minus 115 in places, about even money. Um, and that's based on something that a lot of people aren't talking about or I think misunderstand, which is in the third round of that second fight, and you like you can oh, the check eardrum. You, yeah, you can check me on yeah. YouTube. He hit he hit him on the eardrum. It was about 30 seconds into the 30 seconds into the third yeah. round Rest and after that side. wilder was just out of it like yeah. he looked like he was on ice he didn't have balance his punches were not thrown with a lot of you know he was i mean if you're wobbly if if you're and if you're completely inebriated which i think is a good analogy to where he was I mean, you're not gonna be able to hit someone with a really good. I mean, I guess I it's happening out to the bars. Yeah. Well, let me ask. Yeah. Let me ask. I, I feel uh, like yeah, you're speaking my language though, because yeah. I I agree that that was impactful. No, no disagreement at all. Right. But even up to that point, I thought that Fury's philosophy coming into that fight was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Like he had kind of figured out, oh, Wilder can't fight on his back foot. Like he, yeah. he doesn't have the power. He's he's never he's not ever going to catch me with that one mm -hmm. shot as long as I am the aggressor and I am making him move backwards. And I thought we saw that play out pretty well, fairly through the first couple rounds. And at that point, it was only a matter of time. And it just so happened that he also kind of it, he he um, he got us there faster yeah. <laughs> by accident. Yeah, yeah. But, well, uh, it just it did just suck. I, yeah. Like I agree with you there, but it just sucked that like wilder after that and he didn't get a chance to make the any adjustments or him in no. the corner like but, you know, they, but may, they could have they could you have possibly made if some you can't fight off your back foot you can't i don't know yeah. in, and i don't know what they do between that fight and this fight to try to teach him because you know he is who he is at mm -hmm. this point um and i don't know that fury doesn't just roll out and just rinse and repeat and uh you know i mean the other kind of stuff swirling wilder changes camp late this late in his career yeah. we don't of, know what uh, kind of armor he's going to be wearing into the ring. <laughs> that's the most <laughs> like, important thing 
<laughs> that's I mean it all hinges I mean get ready to live bet see what he wears out there and what uh, kind of armor is wearing. and, and yeah I, I, I guess I, I don't Last know I don't watch enough boxing to speak to it I just wonder like you know if you're getting pushed around like that and it's affecting you can't throw anything when you're when you're you know the defender the entire time you know can't you just you know, turn it around you need to yeah, even though he's a big it's funny like Wilder's six seven yeah, looks, it's just he looks They're, small because Fury is just such a massive human being. I think six yeah. nine might be selling him short, but I don't I don't even know if that's a thing. You need to be you know working towards him, pushing him back. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can lean on him when he has uh, Fury, well, Fury has reach as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, and he's really reach good at kind of he he's good at using his arms to kind of smother an opponent when he's in tr- when he's kind of in trouble or a dangerous spot. You saw him do that in the 12th round where he actually rallied and did pretty well later in that round after he got knocked down. Hmm. Um, and I think drew you're, you're, you're noticing that he was kind of coming forward more in the, in that second fight is correct. I actually scored the second round for Wilder. I had it one, one going into that last round and Wilder was, or Fury was also doing a really good job of, kind of rolling with his punches. And when he threw the straight right, he was able to kind of kind of take it in a way where it wouldn't have full impact. Um, but it's not a lot to go on. I mean, I, I think the relevant period of time to look at for that second fight is the first six and a half minutes. And I think kind of after that, like I went back over both fights um, this week. And I mean, after that, after he gets hit on the ear, I, it's pretty much over in my mind. So it's hard to say. And Wilder, yeah, he's in. He's changed trainers. Um, his trainer's Malik Scott, a guy he actually kind of suspiciously knocked out a few years ago that really kind of looked suspect. But now he's his trainer, <laughs> and he's a really sharp – he seems like a really sharp guy. I mean, he's new to training. He also has an OnlyFans, if anyone's interested to check that out. Hashtag boxing because it's always got to be weird. Um so, I mean, yeah, what Wilder's going to do, how he's going to look, I mean, that's, it's an open question. How tactics are going to play out is, I mean, you know, it's kind of like forecasting the weather. Like, you you give it your best shot, but, like, I mean, I go through, like, different periods of emotion throughout a fight week. Like, I get bets in, I'm like, I'm going to crush, I'm going to buy McLaren, and then I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to lose everything. And the fight starts. When, when, is, like, when is the mortgage due this month? Is it every month again? <laughs> every um, month? It, it, yep, it got me thinking, too, you know, and you, you talk about you didn't get to take away a lot from the last match outside of, again, Fury's tactics probably being sharp going into it, mm-hmm. Wilder doing okay early, and then the fight just being hard to use that you know it's almost yeah. like it, it turned into garbage time football or it's yep. how, how are we yeah. really using this for yeah. forward forecasting and it got yeah. me thinking about like and you know maybe this is this is this is a terrible fight example to use but i do see live betting up and back last summer when andy had nothing better to do and it was watching a lot of mma i live bet a lot of yeah. mma where I, I don't think they're very good at pricing that sort of stuff. I would just follow along with the, you know, the few people that I listened to for MMA stuff. And I'd watch the fight and be like, yeah, this guy should be like minus a thousand, right? Like mm-hmm. he's not going to lose. And you, you're just, you're sitting there slamming big favorites. It's almost like the draft drew. Like it feels yeah. nervy and, until, <laughs> until they, you're like, please don't go to the cards because you never want anything going to the cards with those right. judges. But I mean, is yeah. there, is there a live betting market on, on some of these boxing matches you're getting involved? Is something you do at all? 
So I'm I'm I do not do a lot of live betting, so I'm a, somewhat of a novice at that. I'm planning to kind of get more into it, and honestly, like I mean, for half the fights in a given week, I won't watch it live. I'll watch it later. I'll, you know, I'll uh, I'll be doing something else. Oh. Apparently, I'm going out to dinner on Saturday <laughs> night. It also I'm, probably takes some of the fun away from scoring it yourself if it's a big fight that you care a lot. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did score. I did watch I love AJ the Olympics. Usyk live. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Screw live. So we got to screen. Live, live betting is going to be tricky. I think, you know, because Wilder can look bad for four rounds and then it's over. So mm. it's okay. it's. You know he's gonna. I'm. I'm fairly certain he's gonna be dropping rounds. I think Wilder by decision is like twelve to thirteen hundred. Um, it's a big price. I mean, wow. it would have to be. There would probably have to be a few knockdowns, but not a knockout, for him to win by decision. Or he just fights really well, and Fury is just kind of out of it. Fury's. Um, you know what gets said in interviews, like mostly, is not useful. And like I'm, I kind of know a couple people, and I'll kind of hear like stuff about fighters in camp. And if it's something positive, I won't give it much weight. If I hear that like someone's kind of fucking up, then I'm definitely more interested. <laughs> it's um, like preseason NFL. Yeah, preseason yeah. football. You, you hear best shape of his life. Yeah, I, you don't hear like yeah, this don't kid care. is not getting it. He doesn't understand <laughs> the offense. Don't care. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's added 15 pounds of muscle. That's I think actually Fury's trainer, Sugar Hill said that he's going to come in at 290 on the scales, which is I think 20 pounds heavier than last time. And he says, but he's bulked up and it's like, Oh, maybe I would say that too. If you knew your guy had to get on a scale and he was bigger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe. Muscle though, for sure. Not ice cream. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's good weight and there's bad weight. I mean, there's an optimal weight for Aaron Donald to be, to use a football analogy. And then there's like, there's a suboptimal too light and there's suboptimal too heavy. So yep. 290 too much. I don't know. It's, you know, you, you got to kind of take that stuff and maybe adjust, adjust a little. I think it comes in really handy if there's a fighter that's like a late replacement and he's just kind of being brought in as an opponent, like you get all sorts of guys like right off the couch out of the truck driving job that have like not trained. If you can figure out who is not who, like what someone's like, how much training they've had, that's always super helpful. Um, Instagram can be your friend actually, when it comes to boxing, handy boxing, handicapping a little bit, but yeah, I mean, a lot gets said. I think the best way to kind of deal with it is to like tune most of it out. You know, how they look on the scale counts some. You can kind of tell if someone's wobbly and they've had a hard weight cut. That, I mean, that counts for something. But I mean, I remember yeah. that even from like high school wrestling. Like you could tell. Yeah. You know, before meets, like you would, you'd weigh in with the other team and you'd be like, mm -hmm. that guy is dying right now yeah. he needs, like he hasn't drinking he hasn't drank water in two days and, you like, can he probably, see he probably shouldn't have been certified for this weight like he looks yeah. like shit like there was people like that and you see that with but i mean I've, you've seen people fall over on oh yeah at weigh-ins like they just they don't have the energy to stand anymore so yeah that happens in mma a lot and they have like yeah. more gaps between they have it's like 10 pounds between 
every weight class. So there's some people that are just like, yeah, dying or and like every couple months, you know, someone will like tips tumble <laughs> and then the fight's off. Okay. So um, we've done a so nice yeah. job of, uh, of dancing around uh, yeah. what you actually yeah, think. Give us, give here. us the fight. Uh, yeah, what I'll happens? give you, the, let me uh, kind of set the stage here. Um, the market making books on this fight would have Tyson Fury around minus 300, Deontay mm -hmm. Wilder around plus 240. Mm -hmm. um, the total uh, hovering in the over and un, over under seven and a half range, a little, little juicy to the over. Um, is there an angle to bet this or has the market got it right? It does not have it right. What I did, and I usually, so this is kind of, I'm going to try not to preamble too much here. I, you know, one of the helpful things of doing a lot of prop stuff and kind of having a good idea of um, implied probability is like when I started doing boxing, I noticed like the method of victory markets, there's a ton of, hold on those i think it's like it can be between 15 percent if you're if it's a good book to 25 percent um as opposed to the total and the side where it's like four to six percent so i tip, i will typically either bet the side or the total or goes the distance doesn't go the distance and i try to stick to the two-way markets most of the time um what I'm doing for this, what I have already done, I should say, for this fight is I am betting Fury to not get a knockout. Okay. Um, so, so in the yes-no market, Fury wins inside the distance or not Fury inside the distance. You're on right. not. Okay. I am on not. So Basically even odds right now. Yeah. And so there's a few ways to do that. The best one is if you're not an American, if you're a weird European or whatever, um, you can get a really good price uh, against Fury Knockout on exchanges like Matchbook and Betfair. I think that's that's where I would look first. Well, they're they're betting on Fury in England, huh? It, apparently so. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> there are a few. They, uh, like I, I think I said this before. Like Saturday night is going to be nuts because there are a lot of obviously British uh, British peeps on boxing Twitter and uh, it should be like a full on, like the clans, like, like going against each other, like Braveheart style after, during, before that fight. Um, but yeah, so betting against a Fury KO on the exchange is good. Uh, right before we started five dimes actually offers the opposite of props. They're not available in the United States. RIP Tony. Um, but I think they have minus one ten. I would take that. Um, otherwise, you have a Canadian I, friend you trust with money. <laughs> I do have a Canadian friend. I think you probably oh, know yeah. him. I do have a good Canadian <laughs> friend who uh, who hooked me up. And then good. you, and then it goes to a different school. You guys <laughs> <laughs> failing that, I would bet goes the distance paired with the Wilder KO prop. So you've got everything covered. You've got Wilder knockout. You've got even got the draw. You've got uh, Fury decision, which I cool. think is the most likely outcome. And then you've got Wilder decision. So you got kind of the two big ones, I think, in my opinion, going back to kind of like the original thoughts on this fight is like it's a Wilder yeah. knockout or a Fury decision are like the most likely. And I okay. think 
if you can fade those, you can fade those together. I was looking, I actually wrote it down. So, uh, so if I had a 30 second handicap, Fury path to victory is wins on the card. Most likely decision. I would say, yeah. Wilder leans, path to victory leans on is, his ass for 12 gets rounds. A knockout. <laughs> Wilder, Wilder most path likely to victory knockout. gets a knockout, which means yeah. that get, if you can group those two in yep. one yes, no prop and get even odds, you are yep. in business. Um, I, God, that's a great, great handicap. I love I it. I think that's, yeah. Um, so I wrote these down. Circa, actually, if you pair goes the distance and Fury knockout, you can get like an implied probability of 50.2%. Ooh, nice. Um, FanDuel was 56. Bet 365 was 55.8. So that's like minus 126. Um, if you kind of play around with the legal books, you can get around minus 120. Okay. So what I did was I combined um, the two win. I made, I set the two win for goes the distance and uh, for Wilder by knockout to about the same and kind of calibrated that to about what I was going to risk. Um, I did that in an offshore and then I, I hit five dimes. Um, okay. No two other, two other layers to this handicap then, and you can say true or false, but, sure. uh, the market is being, Oh no, no. Can we not, not too true or false? Dan had a good idea. Oh yeah. Sure. 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 Wait, but, uh, instead of true false, can we do red light, green light? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You guys okay, can't so move red yeah. light, green light. Uh, the, um, the fact that, that uh, Fury caught Wilder in the year last time and that it uh -huh. ended ended inside the distance. Uh, that is shaping the market expectation this time a little bit. And then also combine that with the fact that the the you know the two win uh you know the money line price here on Fury is a, is correlated with his knock, yeah. knockout price. You know, both of the they're, yeah. they're, it's being pulled in that direction for two uh falsifiable reasons. Yeah, I would I would definitely say that. I would classify that knockout as, I mean, he did hit him. Like Canelo knocked out Billy Joe Saunders by breaking his orbital bone. And that's because he hit him really fucking hard in the face. Like that <laughs> is a good way to win a fight sure. in almost any setting. You just punch the fuck out of the guy. Um, so, I mean, you have to land a real actual shot, but like, as it, like what breaks a jaw and what, messes up an eardrum or what cracks an orbital or, uh, orbital is kind of like it's random in a way. Okay. And so I think that outcome was not, I mean, Fury could definitely, it's definitely possible. He knocks him out this fight. Like I'm not saying I'm not one of those people that says like this cannot happen because I've watched too much weird shit to know that like any outcome can happen. Like Wilder can win by decision. There can be another draw just because there was a draw once does not mean there cannot be a draw this time. Um, so I've, I would definitely so say there's a chance, but I think if you pair those, I think that's kind of the most sound way to, uh, to attack this thing. I love it. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, any yeah, other, this was fun. Uh, yeah. this is, this is good this stuff. Was fun. Yeah. Any, I really anything else this, you want to, uh, I mean, what, well, first of all, it's on the screen if you're watching at Ryan P for P on Twitter. Follow him yeah. if you like. Yeah. If you grab, like, if you want to get into grab some value on Rylan Rylan Carlton is is uh Rylan uh Rylan Charlton is he the direct undercard or is he earlier in the day? He's actually an undercard in England earlier that day. 
So if you're a real weirdo like me and you just ignore <laughs> college football or pro football and just want to watch boxing all day, you can either use uh, DAZN or find it illegally. And uh, that's on the undercard yeah, of Smith Fowler. And okay, he cool. is... Oh, I'm looking at his price, right? Yeah, the, the undercard for the Fury fight is just like three other heavyweight fights. Again, yeah, if you great. again if you know if you have a friend in Canada you trust with money, you can get Charlton for minus one thirty right now there. So Yeah. Uh Bet Online also uh has minus one thirty right now. Oh nice. Okay, cool. Um so yeah, if I'm wrong about that, you know, DM me and call me an asshole and uh <laughs> send me your car note, I guess. No, I'm uh you know, I'm always looking to talk to other people who are sharp, anyone who has questions about process, that kind of thing. Accounts, I would love. That would be great. NBA's coming up. Um, yeah, I'm I'm always open to talk. Just don't ask me for, like, uh, picks. Like, I'll, I mean, you guys got this. Peons, be gone. No, I'm, I'm a... Yeah, I mean, they're it, not that it liquid a... of a market. He can't be giving away. His <laughs> I mean, this or... is a good one because, like, what whatever I say is not going to even make a no. drop. I don't think so. Dropping a bucket, ah, stuff like bad. this. Uh, <laughs> all the mash and banger eating Brits. And... Yeah, they'll be on the other side before you know when we wake up tomorrow. But um, but yeah, I'm always happy to chat. Uh, I have my uh, group call with the money team tomorrow. I'm going to tell them to get on uh, on this on this angle. We might, nice. we might move this team. market, man. Nice. <laughs> I should get that hat. So appreciate you joining us tonight. Anybody who joined us live, appreciate you. Yep. Yeah. We'll be. We'll, we're going to go watch some football game. We're going to do a halftime show yet tonight. Yep. If you want to re-listen to this, on it'll be on the podcast, just like uh, all the other podcasts as well. Nice. And yeah, perfect Friday chats. listening. Go hang no. out with Bronner in the Slack chat. He's a real weirdo in there. Yeah. yeah. Shout out golf. Shout out uh, UFC dash boxing. Um, I actually like that's actually I started posting there like last summer when boxing like just started up and like I gained in instant credibility, I think, because I just nailed like four decent sized underdogs in a row. Like it was just stupid. Like it was <laughs> like three to one, four to one, four to one. And like, everyone's like, ah, and I was like really trying to like catch expectations. Like I'm going to be posting more of these and they're not all going to win. Don't, don't scream at me. But yeah, everyone there's chill. Um, everyone in boxing Twitter is more or less chill or weird. Gambling Twitter's awesome. Shout out Zilbert. Shout out. That's everyone. a new one. <laughs> <laughs> no, right, there's no up. shouting out Zilbert on here. Cut that yeah. Strike, <laughs> oh, yeah, strike shout editing. out to Zilbert. Editing guy. that part out. Yeah. Team team no, don't even engage with them in this. You're right. You know, I was I was <laughs> just DMing someone today. I'm like, I just gotta Hit stop. I gotta block them. <laughs> I just gotta stop. I can't see it because it'll draw me in. I loved um him being talking to Spanky and be like, you don't watch games? That's absurd. You don't make money. Like, all right, buddy. Okay. That's adorable. I, I think it's a bit. So, all right. Let's uh, <laughs> let's crank the music. I got a football game to watch. Enjoyed this. And, yeah, thanks for joining us. Yes. Finally covering boxing fairly. Good work, Andy. Oh, I can't even unmute him. It is, it's still the chill music. I can't believe it did a silver. 
<laughs> we can Somebody claimed the 